appreciate that and uh, if you're watching later just put that you know you uh, give praise uh, as well uh, with us and uh, you can share uh, there in the comments and uh, we'll see that I'm not sure what's happening but uh, this makes us appreciate our tech fellas um, and realize that it's not just a matter of uh, keeping a button pushed. Um, and so, um, there we go. Okay. And so, uh, have you ever thought about uh, your name uh, and what it means? I'm not really sure how I was named Aaron. Um, perhaps I was predestined to be a, a preacher, and somehow Mom knew that. Uh, perhaps it was they took the baby book and had a baby book and said, well, let's pick a name. And uh, I came a little bit early, so they maybe weren't ready. And uh, they opened up that baby book, and Aaron was the first name in that book, A.A. Uh, I get a lot of uh, butt dial calls because I'm usually the first person in everybody's phone. Um, so that's just interesting. But in the Bible, uh, people were known uh, by their name, uh, that their name characterized uh, them uh, in some way or fashion. Or perhaps sometimes what a uh, parent desired for their son or their daughter um, to become. But if we were in uh, that world today, and that's how we uh, got our names, what would our names be? Would we be happy with our name? Would we want to change it? And see, the wonderful thing about Jesus is that he is able to change. And we're talking this month about fresh new starts and Jesus is the giver of fresh starts. And today we're going to meet a, a, a man uh, whose life had been torn apart um, by um, spiritual demons uh, and uh, probably other things uh, as well. And so, and yet Jesus came, and when he found Jesus, his life totally turned around just like your life with Jesus will totally turn around. Now that doesn't mean that things will be easy and we'll be able to just uh, coast through life on easy street. In fact, in a lot of ways, following Christ makes life harder sometimes and we face more difficulties and more trials because Satan tries to knock us off course because we're trying to do uh, what God uh, would have us to do. And so, as we ask this question, we're going to take our Bibles and we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 26 through 40 uh, this morning, and I invite you to uh, read along uh, with me. It says, Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite of Galilee. And when he had stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no, no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And 
when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain, and so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to the sea, uh, what had happened, and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also, who, who had seen it, told them by what means he had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. He got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him, meaning Jesus, that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house, and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way, and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. And so it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. What an interesting change, people bidding him to flee because they were afraid, and now people welcoming him. That's an interesting uh, side note uh, of the story. And so Jesus here rem meets this man named Legion, and he's called Legion because he had many demons. Uh, we don't know um, it, you know, what his life entailed before that. We don't meet him again. Um, but we certainly know that his life was forever changed uh, when he came to uh, meet Jesus. And Jesus m met him. Uh, he, he was in this land of the Gadarenes, and this was a land, it was not part of Israel uh, at the this time that the story was written, it was actually part of Syria, and uh, but previously, about 100 BC, had become part of Israel. Israel had taken uh, control uh, of this area and forced everybody uh, to uh, kind of convert, if you will, to Judaism. And yet, the fact that there was this herd of pigs living out uh, there shows that it, they did not. Uh, become Jews because Jews couldn't uh, touch or handle or eat any pork. Uh, and so uh, that gives us a, an idea, but 
you know, this man had probably grown up, had, had a family, uh, maybe even had children, and, you know, just had a, a lot of violent issues. And so he was driven, you know, he had been arrested, and he, they put him in chains, and even the chains couldn't control him, and he had uh, broken loose and went out into the wilderness. Uh, and that's where uh, Jesus found him naked and scratched up and, and just battered in uh, terrible shape. That's how Jesus found him. But when we find Jesus at the end of the, find him with Jesus at the end of the story, he's clothed, he's behaving normally. Isn't that amazing? He was homeless out in the wilderness, and then when Jesus came and met, what did he tell him? He said, "Go back to your home. Um, you know, go back to your family. Go back to your to your kinsmen, and live life again, free." And so, the story reminds us of three very important things. Um, because Jesus that met this legion in Gadarene is the same Jesus that lives and reigns in 2022 and the same Jesus that has that same power to change lives today. And so we're reminded first of all that our circumstances are changed in the presence of Jesus. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with this man. He couldn't keep a job. He couldn't keep a family. He couldn't, uh, you know, live uh, in the community. And he was driven out to the wilderness. But all that changed when this man named Jesus and his disciples took a boat trip and came over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and met Legion. Legion was probably not his uh, original name, and I trust that it was not how he was known after he found healing and found new life in Jesus Christ. As you see, Legion reminds us, as so much of the Bible reminds us, that God is able to change our circumstances when he's in the midst of it. Boy, you know, uh, let's pause a minute uh, again, and I'll give you just a few seconds because I know there's that delay. What are some stories in the Old Testament or the New Testament where circumstances change by God coming on the scene? Can anybody think of one? Just put it in the chat there if you're able to. about the uh, widow and her son uh, when they meet the prophet Elijah. You remember that from the Old Testament? That they were, they were hopeless and they were down to the very last drop of oil 
and flour and um, Seth put in the comments that I cut out so let me ask the question again what are uh, some other instances in the Bible the Old Testament or the New Testament where circumstances were changed when God showed up and so I'm relaying the story of the widow uh, and her son um, they had you know had the intention of baking a cake and eating and dying and Elijah said if you'll take a little bit of your meal and a little bit of oil and you'll bake me a cake first um, God will give you and so boy did um, you know that doesn't make any sense but the widow did it and guess what that widow's oil uh, bin carafe whatever you want to call it never ran dry again and they always had plentiful and so um, let's see Seth said Jesus' birth that's a good one uh, let's see here uh, Rodney said Saul uh, and changing into Paul absolutely Paul's life was changed as well um, and Leslie said the flood so all those great answers and so the, the point is this is that when God shows up on the scene and we're allowing uh, God to work in our life our circumstances change if you're in circumstances that seem like you're outcast and that you're seeming that you know nothing's going right and that you know there's no hope no matter what the circumstance is when Jesus comes in the midst of it it will change now it may not change the way you want it to and when you want it to but I can guarantee you on the authority of the Bible that it will change. So our circumstances are changed in the presence of Jesus. Last week I had mentioned Peter uh, walking on the water. Uh, you remember that when he took, uh, he, Jesus, he saw Jesus, he said, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to jump out. And he did. He walked on water. And then he put his eyes on the waves and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And what a wonderful thing that is. Yes, Lazarus and the lady who touched uh, the, the hem of Jesus' garment. Amen. And so the wonderful thing that, you know, of the gospel, and this is the truth of the gospel that we must never forget if you're saved and you know that power uh, and the presence of Jesus you must never ever forget it and if you're lost and you're searching for Jesus this morning you're watching this you know and you're, you know don't have a clue can I tell you that if you'll let Jesus come into your life he will make a difference and your circumstances will change uh, because that's what the gospel does and it's a reminder that the gospel extends to even the most outcast of the outcast this guy was uh, spiritually um, you know in a bad place he was emotionally in a bad place he was physically in a bad place nobody wanted to be around him because he was violent and yet Jesus found him, and his situation turned 
compromise. Jesus was willing to go where it's inconvenient and costly, and he didn't care what people thought about the people that he hung around. He wanted to hang around people that were sick. He wanted to hang around sinners uh, because those were the people that needed life transformation. And that, by the way, is also an important reminder for us uh, as the church and as God's people that we need to be intentional about getting our hands dirty uh, in the lives and of people who uh, do not know the Lord uh, so that we can help them to find God's grace and find that, you know what, Jesus can change our circumstances. But another very important thing in the story is not only do our circumstances change, but our demons are defeated by the power of Jesus. The civil authorities had tried to arrest this man, had tried to bind him in chains, and it didn't work. The, the state did not have the power to fix this fellow. But Jesus did. And this is not a, a sermon about spiritual warfare. And, you know, and I think the Bible does teach us that demons are a very real thing. But the Bible also teaches us that God and his power are much more powerful than any demon. Uh, that Jesus is the one that's, that's victorious. And we see that ultimately in the end of the story in the book of Revelation. That God does finally ultimately win and this world is recreated and, and made brand new. But you know what? Sometimes demons that we have in, in life are not spiritual demons. Sometimes it's maybe demons of addiction. Or maybe the demons of shame from, from past failures or past experiences. And those things hold us in invisible chains. But Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, He said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And then down a few more verses later, He said, If the truth has set you free, then you are free indeed. Legion found that freedom to be true. Several others that we've mentioned in the Old Testament and in the New Testament found that Jesus, indeed, uh, the power of God, was able to set them free. No um, amount of good intentions or New Year's resolutions. Probably all of us, if you made some New Year's resolutions this third week of the year, they're probably in the rearview mirror by now. Uh, because that's just the way uh, life, and that's the way human beings are. Um, we are so very prone um, you know, to not stick with things that, that we we desire that we know are healthy for us. And part of the reason is is that Satan and the ruler of this world, the darkness of this world, wants to do everything it can to pull us away from God. And yet we need to be reminded of uh, the power of 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If Jesus Christ lives inside of you, and if Jesus Christ controls your life, you cannot be defeated by Satan. You cannot be defeated by this world. You cannot be defeated by anything because your, your power is not in you. It's in Jesus and our relationship with Him. 
And God is all-powerful. He's almighty. There's nothing he can't do. And so it's a wonderful reminder for us that our demons are defeated by the power of Jesus. But see, here's the truth, that in order for our demons to be defeated by the power of Jesus, we've got to be near Jesus. Not in that Jesus' power can only reach so far, but that our human being will not call out to God unless we're near Him. You see, the, the further we walk away from God, the further away we are from Him, and the harder it is for Him to speak to us and for us to hear Him when He does speak. And the Bible teaches us that there can be come times where we're so far away from God that we won't hear Him and we won't respond. And there can come a point where He stops speaking to us. Not because He is unloving but because we have rejected his love. So understand that our demons are defeated by the power of Jesus. Those strongholds, those chains that bind you are broken, not by your power and not by your determination to do better, not by your works of any kind, but by the power of Jesus. It's interesting to me, uh, friends, that these demons that lived inside of this man knew who Jesus was and cried out to Jesus, Jesus, why are you tormenting us? What do you want with us? They knew who Jesus was and they knew what their end was going to be. And so he, they asked Jesus to let him go into the pigs and Jesus allowed it. They went into these pigs and the pigs ran off the side of the cliff, fell into the lake and drank. You know what? Jesus has the power and the ability to take whatever demons are impacting you and holding you a slave. He has the power to break those free. But you have to allow him to do it. And that means that you need to be near him. And friend, can I tell you that the nearer you are to Jesus, the more victory you'll see. I want us to understand that that wonderful hymn from the 19th century victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory. Friend, that's not something that we just sing and it's not something that we just look forward to when we get to heaven. I believe that Scripture tells us that it's something we are to know here and now. Jesus did not say you will be free. Jesus said you are free. And so we need to understand that those demons that come into our life and try to, to hold us captive, if we want released from them, the answer is not trying harder. The answer is not being a better person. The answer is getting nearer to Jesus and allowing Jesus to work in your life. That is how our demons are defeated. When we come to the end of the story, we're reminded of something. That our victory prepares us for the proclamation of Jesus.
This man nobody wanted to have anything to do with. His life had been transformed, made new. He had totally changed. The people begged Jesus to, to go away and um, you know, word spread of this man named Jesus and what had happened and how Jesus had delivered this man from demon possession and how his life had been restored. And by the way, that there were some that were afraid. There were some that were welcoming him and, and following after him and wanting to know more. And this man that we meet as Legion, Luke tells us, wanted to go on with Jesus and follow him. And Jesus' response was, No, you go home and you proclaim what has happened. And he did. And then Luke tells us the end of the story is that people were coming and begging to be able to hear Jesus. And so it was when Jesus returned, the multitudes welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Why were they waiting? Why? They were waiting because they had heard what this man named Jesus had done for Legion. And they figured that if Legion, God could do this for Legion, maybe, just maybe, Jesus could do it for them. And guess what? He can. And he did. And he does. Just as God worked in your life. He's worked in your life not so you can keep it to yourself, but so that you can proclaim what a difference that Jesus made. Jesus, you maybe have heard it said this way, that Jesus takes our tests and turns them into testimonies. As we wrap up this morning, I want us to ask ourselves a question, friend. What's your name? How has Jesus changed you? If he hasn't changed you, friend, you can come to know that change and you can begin to experience the transformation that only can come from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I would love uh, to talk with you more about that and help you to get on that road. But if you're a child of God here today and you're saved, you have this relationship with Jesus on a personal level, then Jesus has done something for you. But the question is, does anybody know about it? Have you shared it with anybody? Oftentimes in church when we ask for testimony time, it's crickets rather than hallelujahs. And perhaps the reason is it's because God's not doing anything in our life. Well, if God's not doing anything in your life, it's not because He doesn't want to. It's because we're not near Him and we're not experiencing Him and a relationship with Him and we're not growing. Or maybe it's we're embarrassed or we're shy. 
But the reality is that Legion knew that Jesus Christ had changed his life so dramatically, he went home and he told everybody. Those that had rejected him, those that had cast him out, Legion went to him and said, Listen, I met this man named Jesus. And he changed my life. And he can change yours. And the power of the gospel is still the same today. And it's still just as powerful as it was in the New Testament. And so what's your name? We don't know what Legion became known as after this. But I can assure you that it was no longer Legion. That he had been transformed. And so maybe your name, if you were to be named as a characteristic or a or something you've done, it might be drunkard. But if Jesus Christ is in your life, it's not drunkard anymore. It's son or daughter of the Most High. And if your name has been changed, you need to let everybody know about it and be proud of proclaiming that name. So God bless you. Remember Wednesday we will uh, gather here online at 7 o'clock. We're going to continue our study of 1 Samuel and um, we're, we're going to uh, get to an interesting part and so I hope you'll come back and join us Wednesday night and then next Sunday Lord willing we hope to be back in person let me mention to you friends I know that many of you, you we can't give uh, an offering because we're not meeting in person but thanks to technology you're able to give electronically uh, you can text uh, to give you can give on our website or you can mail your offering to the church and we'll get it to uh, Miss Kay. Thank you so much for your faithful financial support uh, of our ministry. If you need help with e-giving, um, give me a call and I'll be glad to walk you through uh, how to do it. It's very simple. Alright, so let's pray one more time and we'll call it a day. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here and worshiping with us today. Almighty God, we thank you that you are a God that changes and transforms and gives victory. And Lord, I pray for those that are watching here that need victory. Maybe it's victory over sickness. Maybe it's victory over some besetting sin. Maybe it's victory over depression. Maybe it's victory over whatever is holding them back, Lord. My prayer is that they will find that victory in you. That they'll keep, uh, they'll stop trying to find it for themselves. That they'll surrender to you. Lord, we do lift up those that are sick and pray your healing hand upon them. We pray for the other needs and the other requests, the other concerns of our hearts. Lord, we pray for those that are lost. We pray for those that are enslaved uh, by demons of various kinds. 
And Lord, we pray that you would help them to find freedom that comes only by trusting you. Thank you that you give new life. That you change our name when we find you. Help us to share that message in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces that people would be welcoming and desire to hear more about Jesus and that they would find a personal relationship with you. Help us, we pray, to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And uh, we look forward uh, again to seeing you in person next Sunday. Um, and uh, be sure to, if you haven't already joined our Faith Life group, uh, please do so. If you need instructions on how to do that, uh, please let me know. God bless you. Hope you have a great, wonderful day.